This week on the Xander Effect, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And with Super Bowl Sunday comes predictions from our football correspondent, actor Jeremy Miller, as he gives us a little insight on which team may actually come out victorious in this game. Also, I showcase Dirty Machine's brand new music video, Party in the USA. All this, plus this week in entertainment, sports, and video games starts right now. Live it up! Talking not that up a maestro, more like that lizard from Geico. When I lick, 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 you go psycho. Downtown, I'm more famous than Michael. My game, I gave it to Tyco. Gene Simmons of my time. Whoa, got my control, damn control. Up to your spine and back down to your toes. Melt you, little mama, like pie and lamo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. It is Super Bowl uh, Sunday, officially today. In a few hours, we're going to go ahead and uh, watch two amazing teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the San Francisco 49ers battle let out for the Lombardi Trophy. But uh, before we get to the details of that game and the rest of the show, um, I'm a little bit heartbroken uh, simply for the fact of the matter that this uh, uh, this week we lost uh, an amazing basketball player. Uh, we lost Los Angeles lost a son this uh, this week. Kobe Bryant passed away uh, this week in a helicopter accident that uh, took the lives of not only himself but seven other people, uh, including his 13-year-old middle child Gianna Bryant. Um, it was uh, it was an accident that that pretty much shook the entire world, not just in in the NBA but in all sports, in everything, entertainment, everything. Um, Simply for the fact of the matter that Kobe Bryant was was such an incredible inspiration to so many people across the globe. Uh, he was an accomplished basketball player, uh, five-time NBA champion, eighteen-time uh, you know uh, uh, all-star all-star uh, show. Um, you know he was he was uh, he was uh, an an accomplished author. Uh, he even won an Academy Award. And uh, he was just an amazing person, uh, loved by so many, especially here in Los Angeles. We, we, we took it really hard. We watched him grow. We watched him play. We watched him go through so many ups and downs in his entire life and career. And it, it was so tragic to see that bright light be extinguished at, at the very young age of 41. And it was something that so many people took really difficult i i mean i i took it hard uh, friends of mine took it hard uh i cried i'm not going to even deny that because it was just something i i i grew up watching this guy 
you know, I was in high school when he was playing. I mean, I saw him grow along with like how I was growing too. So it was really tragic to see this life come to an end. And then it was even more tragic to hear that his daughter was in there uh, with him. 13 years old, barely starting her life. She was starting to follow in her father's footsteps, becoming an amazing basketball player uh, uh, in her own right. And it was just so tragic. But along with them were um, were uh, John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, uh, Christina Mauser, and the pilot Ara Zobayan. Um, my heart goes out to every single one of these families my heart goes out to all of them who lost their lives um it was just it was just a tragic tragedy that pretty much shook the entire world of basketball so many people uh poured their hearts out and decided to decided to go ahead and express themselves as far as as far as pretty much you know their feelings their thoughts everything um russell Russell westbrook went ahead and took to instagram and said i've been stuck in not really knowing how to pull all that i've been feeling into words over the past several days i am devastated about the passing of kobe and Gigi on every level i met kobe when i was 16 at ucla playing against him in a pickup game he played like it was the nba finals from that point on i decided that i wanted to emulate his mama mentality at the at the time there was no no name for it, but I recognized in him what I always felt in myself. He became a friend, a brother, a mentor, a teacher. He defended me, he believed in me, and he taught me how to weather the storm. I can I, I can go on and on, but I want to thank you for being my idol and inspiration inspiration. I will pray for you and your family every day, just as I do my own. I love you, Kobe. My heart and prayers also go out to the other families involved in last week's accident. Hashtag RIP Kobe. Hashtag RIP Gigi. Another another player that uh, also played along that that played along I should say that played along uh, Kobe Bryant was Pau Gasol and he expressed his grief on Twitter with a quote from Kobe Bryant saying the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. That's a quote uh, that uh, the from Kobe Bryant. Uh, another, another, another player that also expressed his grief was a longtime rival and, and teammate uh, Shaquille O'Neal. He posted on Instagram, uh, there are no words to, to express the pain I'm going through now with this tragic and sad moment of losing my niece, Gigi, and my friend, my brother, my partner in winning championships, my dude and my homie. I love you. And you will be missed. My condolences go out to the Bryant family and the families of the other passengers on board. I am sick right now. The Lakers decided to um, to also express their grief as well in uh, in their Instagram Instagram posts, and it says. 
We are devastated and have been forever changed by the sudden loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. We send our love to Vanessa, the Bryant family, and to the families of the other passengers. Words cannot express what Kobe means to the Los Angeles Lakers, our fans, and our city. More than a basketball player, he was a beloved father, husband, and teammate. Their love and light will remain in our hearts forever. The Mamba Sports Foundation has set up the Mamba on three fund to support the family families affected by this tragedy to help please visit mama mamba on three.org for those who are inspired to continue kobe and gianna's legacy in youth sports please visit mamba sports foundation.org um after a while um Vanessa Bryant also decided to uh, finally break her silence uh, from the loss of not only her daughter, but her husband of about 19 years. She uh, went on to Instagram and she said... My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time. Thank you for all the prayers. We definitely, definitely need them. We are completely devastated by the loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We are also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share in their grief intimately. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and, G- and Gigi both knew what they were so deeply and so deeply loved. Both knew that they were both so, uh, so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today and it's impossible to imagine life without them but we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light the way our love for them is endless and that's to say immeasurable i wish I just wish i could hug them kiss them and bless them have them here with us forever Th- Thank you for sharing your joy, grief, and your support with us. We ask that you grant us the respect and privacy we will need to navigate this new reality. To honor, to honor our Team Mamba family, the Mamba Sports Foundation has set up a Mamba on 3 fund to help support the other families affected by this tragedy. To donate, please go to mambaon3.org. To further Kobe and Gianna's legacy in youth sports, please visit mambasportsfoundation.org. Thank you so much for lifting us up in your prayers and for loving Kobe, Gigi, Natalie, Bianca, Capri, and me. Hashtag Mamba, hashtag Mambasita, hashtag Girls Dad, hashtag Daddy's Girls, hashtag Family. On Friday night, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, went up against uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and it was a very difficult game for the Lakers, uh, specifically LeBron James, because they're they're looking on to LeBron James to lead the new pack, the new way of the Lakers. And it was a difficult time for him. He he looked as he looked to Kobe as a as a he looked Kobe was to him he was like a big brother to Kobe and um, or, or I'm sorry Kobe was like a big brother to LeBron and hit, this this hit him hard the moment he found out there were there were images of him coming out of the uh, the airplane that the Lakers use 
devastated, completely inconsolable. Last, uh, or on Friday, the, the game started off with a huge dedication for Kobe Bryant. LeBron James had a few words to say about, uh, about Kobe, and he basically said, we're all grieving, we're all hurt, we're all heartbroken, but when we're going through things like this, the best thing you can do is lean on the shoulders of your family. He also went on to say a few other words, and at the end, he said that basically Kobe would say, Mamba out. But what they would, but what the Lakers say is, but never forgotten. Um, Vanessa Bryant also went ahead and posted uh, on on Friday. You know, during the game, she posted another another picture and broke her silence again. The picture showed two jerseys, uh, the number two and the number twenty four, and she said, "There is no hashtag twenty four without hashtag two, hashtag girl daddy, hashtag daddy's girl, hashtag my babies, hashtag our angels, hashtag Kobe and Gigi, Kobe Bryant, you will be missed by everybody, including myself, and um, I hope that." I hope that, um, excuse me, I hope that you found peace and the rest of the victims found peace as well. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Well, as 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 uh, life would have it, um, the show must go on. And again, I welcome everybody to be to being here on the Xander Effect. I am uh, very happy that to have all of you here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and this is a Super Bowl special for the Xander Effect. So let's get started in entertainment news. The Matrix Four. Is has been announced, and um, there's going to be a lot of new faces coming into this brand new installment. This is supposedly the last one for the Matrix series. Keanu Reeves is coming back, so is uh, Anne Moss and uh, Jada Pinkett are also coming back to this uh, this new installment of the Matrix. We also have. Uh, Lambert Wilson, and uh, who's going to be playing uh, the Merovingian uh, as he as he portrayed in the other Matrix movies as well, and uh, we also have Neil Patrick Harris is going to be a part of this new uh, this new uh, this new installment of the Matrix along with uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, uh, y- uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second, Jessica Hen- uh, Henwick. And uh, Jonathan Groff are, Groff are also are also uh, Jonathan Groff are also going to be a part of the Matrix, the new uh, Matrix Part Four. There still is no word as to what exactly the title. This is just a tentative title that's going on, and there is no word if Lawrence Fishburne is going to be reprising his role as Morpheus. That's still a question mark up in the air. But they were there were rumors that Michael B. Jordan might actually come in as a younger Morpheus. So. 
who knows where exactly um, they're 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 going with this movie. There hasn't been much said about it. There's no trailer out for it, not even a teaser yet for this movie. Only one of the Wachowskis are is coming back to 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 directing this movie. So there there should be a lot of uh there should be a lot of interesting changes. I'm wondering how in the world are they going to be able to bring back uh uh Neo and bring back Trinity because both of them as we all know died in the last uh in the last Matrix movie so it'll be interesting to see how they're going to bring them back however I don't know about you guys but I felt that the movie it just it, it felt that that it was finished too soon there was still some unfinished business so i'm kind of happy that they're bringing uh they're, they're coming back with a matrix 4 hopefully they'll leave it they'll leave it finished completely because it just felt that there was some unfinished business there even though there was some sort of a peace treaty that happened between the machines and and the matrix and the people and everything but there's still, I don't know, they just felt that there was something unfinished there. The way that, that Neo was, was taken away by the machines, the way that Trinity died, everything was just so quick and it just seemed like it was unfinished. So I'm hoping that they, that they, that they actually, you know, complete it with this last, with this last, uh, movie. And I'm hoping that there is somehow, some way closure with all of us Matrix fans because it, there wasn't any closure with me. This, this just doesn't feel like it was finished yet. So I'm happy that they're coming out with this, but we're going to have to wait until May 21st, 2021, because that is when it is scheduled to come out. Looking forward to that one. Another, speaking of Resurrections, actually, another movie that is coming out this year is Fast and the Furious 9. And the trailer's already out for that one. This movie looks so as all Fast and the Furious movies goes, it doesn't seem like it's going to disappoint as far as action is concerned, as far as overaction is concerned. But I mean, that's what makes the Fast and the Furious movies so entertaining to watch is that they're so jam packed with action that you just like, they're not going to do that. And yet they did it. And you're like, wow, they actually did that. Okay, we're going to go ahead and, and see what happens next. This time, the villain of the story is John Cena, who plays, who plays, uh, uh, who plays, uh, Dom's brother, apparently. Dom had a brother. Who knew? And looks like this guy. He plays Dom's little brother, who I guess wanted to be just like Dom and turned out to be just like Tom, you know, same mentality, same habits, same everything, only evil. Like this guy's the bad version of Dom. So it seems that, uh, the crew, the entire crew, uh, Dom's crew is going to, is, is, is built to go ahead and stop, uh, Dom's little brother from whatever mischief he's going to be uh, cooking up for him. But the surprise of this trailer and and again, this is actually a spoiler, just in case you haven't seen the trailer, but it's all over the place. I doubt I doubt that you haven't seen it. Is the return of Han, played by uh, Sung Kang, and we all know that in the in the in the end credits of uh, of uh, Tokyo Drift, Han actually crashed and was killed by Jason Statham's character. As a part of revenge, uh, for what, it's a whole mess. You know what happened. But the point is that Han was killed in an explosion after the, his car crashed in Tokyo Drift. We all assumed that Han passed away in the, in the crash. But lo and behold, out of nowhere in the trailer, at the end of the trailer, Han returns. 
what in the F just happened here? How in the world are they bringing Han back is my question. And to be honest with you, I'm like shocked. I'm totally beside myself when I saw that happen. And it was just, it was just a crazy, it was just a crazy, um, it was a crazy, like, out of left field uh, type of, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just a crazy out of left field type of um, shock to this movie, to this movie. So I'm looking forward to see how in the world they are integrating Han into the storyline when Fast and the Furious comes out later on this year. Looking forward to it. See what happens. In sports, well, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and man, I'm excited to see who's exactly going to who what's going to happen, you know, with this with this with this uh Super Bowl Sunday. There are two very very evenly matched up teams. You have the 49ers, you have the Chiefs. Both teams have something to prove. Garoppolo was in the shadow of Brady when they went to the Super Bowl. Now he's his own man commanding an incredible offense and defense as is the 49ers. Then you have Patrick Mahomes, who got eliminated during the playoffs last year, finally has made it to the Super Bowl, and he also has something to prove, that he came to play, that he is Super Bowl worthy to ring, to win his first ring at the big stage. To that, I have a special guest that I uh, interviewed earlier this morning who had a few thoughts of his own. My good friend Jeremy Miller, who played uh, the little brother Ben Seaver in the show Growing Pains, in the 1980s show Growing Pains, and who also was the voice of Linus in the Peanuts Gang. Uh, he has become my football correspondent because the man knows his stuff when it comes to football. So this interview was really interesting to see his point of view along with his thoughts on you know, going forward in the NFL draft. Check it out. So it is Super Bowl Sunday officially today. And man, I'm excited. I'm here with my good friend, Jeremy Miller. And he's he's become my football car, football correspondent because the guy knows so much about football. It's ridiculous. It, it makes me look like a schmuck every day of the week. And it's just, it's just incredible. Except, except, a couple of the picks that we had earlier this year did not pan out the way we had talked about, especially Baltimore, which is shocking to me. I cannot believe Baltimore literally dropped the ball, you know, and, and, and Tennessee actually made it. Like, Tennessee was a shocker to me. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Tennessee, especially because Derrick Henry literally – went beast mode in the playoffs and the last, you know, week or two of the season. The guy was a tank and he was doing everything all of us have been expecting him to do for the last two, three years that he just hasn't burst through. So all props to them, but there's always a but that was one that was one of the biggest choke jobs oh, I yeah. have ever seen by Baltimore. Yeah. And as much as they wanted to deny it and they didn't show BS, man. The the pressure, the nerves, whatever it was, the stage was too big. They absolutely choked. There's no reason that an offense that good, a quarterback that good, and a defense that rock solid all year is going to get torched like that. 
it, it was embarrassing and you could tell the players interviews afterwards they were embarrassed by the way they played and you know it was it was a really shockingly bad performance i think i think it was a lot of it had to do with nerves because I think this is Lamar's very first, like, actual getting this far. He's been in the league for three years. But this is the first time he's actually gone this far with Baltimore, with any team, really. Well, and this must have been, like, nerves for him. He's like, I could do, still do everything I can do during regular season. But then when it came down to it, he wasn't ready. Like, he was not ready. We saw this last year in the Super Bowl. True. With the Rams. True. I mean, they came, and we thought they would give the Patriots a good game. We thought they were going to be right there, and they choked. They didn't come to play. The moment was too big for them. You and I had many discussions about this. And the bright lights, the big stage, whatever it was, the moment was too big for them last year. We saw the same thing with Baltimore in the playoffs this year. It was shocking. I mean, I have to say, I was really rooting for them, and had they played – even remotely close to how they played during the season, I think they would have won that game. I mean, at this point, what we're looking at, you know, I mean, we, we went ahead, we stepped a little bit ahead. Tennessee made it to the semis, got beat by Kansas City. But the one, of course, that hurt me so badly because I am, you know, a Packer fan, it hurt me so much to watch Green Bay fall the way they did. However, I was shocked that they have they, that their record went as far as it did with a brand new coach. You and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. I felt that the Packers wouldn't even make it to to the playoffs because they need to need to learn a new routine, a new playbook, new coach, new staff, new players, new everything. Practically, they had to rebuild from the ground up. And man, Lafleur brought them from the ground up all the way to the semis unfortunately couldn't make it all the way but you know what it was a hell of a way to see them grow the way they did and honestly it just it pains me to see that they fell to the Niners but the Niners unfortunately they they do unfortunately and unfortunately for Niners fans whatever um they do have a great team and that's why they're in the Super Bowls and that's why they're in the Super Bowl and that's why the Packers are not that just hurt I, I get it, believe me, and you know there are very few people in the world who hate the 49ers as much as I do. I grew up a Rams fan in the torture days of Jim Everett and watching Joe Montana just absolutely demoralize us at every single opportunity. So, no, I am a passionate, passionate anti-Niners fan, and I'll tell you right now, they're a great team this year. They are. I've told you for two years now, how much I believe in Garoppolo in Shanahan's system. You know, he learned under Belichick. He learned behind Brady. The guy has the skills. He's got the mind. And Shanahan's system is a perfect fit for him. So that offense runs very fluid under them. Um, Again, with the way their running backs are performing, this has been brutal. But back to the Green Bay thing, like you said, they overperformed all year. I mean, we really talked about it. I thought they'd make the playoffs, but I mean, a thirteen and three record. Actually, technically, three? actually, it was fourteen and three. Fourteen and fourteen, fourteen, right after yeah. the play, right. Yeah. So fourteen and three record was way overachieving with a brand new coach, brand new system, everything they were dealing with all year. 
things went about as right as they could. Everything broke right for them to get to that point. But I also believe, after hearing the comments of the players afterwards, I believe they had taken on a mindset that a lot of the fans, including yourself, had taken on. I think they were beat before they walked out of the locker room because of the beating they'd received by the Niners in that in previous season. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I told you, I do not think those were the same two teams coming into that stadium. After a lot of the things they said, a lot of the comments after the game, it sounded to me like they came in there defeated. Like they came in there going, man, these guys handed us our ass last time. How are we going to do this? That's a tough mindset to win in. And it just, in my opinion, it just seemed that they were playing the same game they played in regular season. They hadn't changed their scheme. They hadn't changed their tactics. And the Niners saw them coming. They were like, you know what? You guys are playing the same way you were playing in regular season. Nothing's changed. We're just going to beat you with the same defense, with the same offense that we beat you at originally. And that's exactly what happened. I am actually happy that they didn't get swept because it was the first the first you know half of that game was it was just it just looked like a ass kicking it oh was it was brutal. getting destroyed and then when the packers they packers finally started coming back but by the time they started coming back it was already too late and the niners saw it coming so they're like okay they're starting to come back they're starting to see our scheme we're starting time for us to like just go ahead and just bury the knife in there even worse than it already is in there it was tragic to see all that this is the simple beauty of Shanahan's adjustability in his offense. I mean, it's, I, I don't remember somebody, there was one of the sports writers wrote that it was a game plan that Lombardi himself would have been proud of sure. because it was such an old school game plan. And like you said, as soon as they got that big enough lead and saw that there was a chance at a momentum shift, they just shifted into ground and pound, the old three yards in a cloud of dust. And Blitz, Blitz City. <clears throat> well, they do that anyway. And that's one of the things I want to talk about with Kansas City. That's why this is such an interesting matchup and is so hard to project. There's a reason that Vegas has not had either one of them up by more than one to one and a half points going either way all week. It's a tough it's a, it's a tough prediction between Kansas City. Now now we're talking about the actual Super Bowl that will be happening in a few hours here. And to be honest with you, my 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 uh my money's on Kansas City because Mahomes, in my opinion, Mahomes, he's hungry. He's still pissed off that he didn't make it last year. He's got something to prove. Garoppolo, and I already said this before, Garoppolo has already been to the Super Bowl. He's already had a ring. Granted, he wasn't the starting quarterback when this happened, but he's all, he already knows what it's like to be on that big stage. So nerves-wise, Garoppolo might be fine with it. Sherman as well. You know, because Richard Sherman has also been to the Super Bowl. Actually, when he went up against, you know, the Patriots when Garoppolo was on the opposite side. So it's one of those things where Mahomes, Kittle, all of Kansas City, they haven't been in the Super Bowl in God knows how long. This is a huge moment for them. And again, Mahomes definitely has something to prove against seasoned veterans such as Garoppolo and Sherman. I think they both have something to prove. 
You know, Garoppolo was shot down and ridiculed when he came over to 49er country. You know, he got in. Passed over in Patriots. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, not passed over. I mean, that was just honest. Brady was not going to be moving on, and he wanted to be able to start. They gave him that respect and that opportunity. The chance, I mean, if Brady was going to step away in another year or two, he probably would have stayed. But they knew Brady made it very clear he was going to try and play well into his 40s. Garoppolo, you know, took the best opportunity. I think he's got a lot to prove coming out from behind Brady, um, all the criticism he took. Like I said, I don't think he has any more to prove than Patrick Mahomes does. Um, This is really a style matchup. That's really what it is. You have two great offensive minds in Shanahan and Andy Reid. One of the differences is Andy Reid and his defensive coordinators always seem to put together a really good game plan. Now, they didn't stop him, but they limited and took Derrick Henry out of opportunities you know, in the playoffs. Um, everybody was expecting with Kansas City's poor run defense all year long that Henry was just going to plow through them and they'd do what they had done all year. Reed and his defensive coordinators made their adjustments. And guess what? They limited them. They didn't stop them, but they limited them. Mm-hmm. Okay? Can they do that against the three-headed monster that is San Francisco's running back crew? I don't know. But... <clears throat> You have a great defense on San Francisco, San Francisco's side. If they show up, they had three games this year. They did still win two of them, but they had three games where their D just didn't even show up for the first three quarters. If they come out in the Super Bowl like that, which I doubt Richard Sherman will allow, but if they come out like that, you know Kansas City is going to put up you know 21 points quick on them. Um, great offense versus a great defense. Do you think, do you think that maybe – uh, the 49ers are underestimating Kansas City at this point, seeing as they may be thinking, okay, the quarterback might be a little nervous, nerves might play a factor, we might play on that a little bit, or the fact of the matter that this is, you know, this is pretty much a team that hasn't been here in a long time. Sherman, Garoppolo, Niners, you know, they're, they're familiar, like a lot of the team is familiar with being in the big stage. Do you think they're, they're at all intimidated or at all, uh, you know, if they think that they're, you know, the Kansas City is, is, is easily beatable. I mean, honestly. I would highly doubt that Sherman and the veterans on that defense would allow them to take it lightly. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. And then you got a beast like Bosa who is just hungry and ferocious. Oh, Bosa was killing us. It doesn't <laughs> he, he ain't gonna take anybody for granted. Why? Because he just wants to eat all your dinners. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna oh, yeah. come and no, bring it every nasty. single game. Yeah, Bosa's um, nasty. But see, here's the thing. This is what makes it so interesting. Okay. All year long, and I'm not saying that Sherman and their cornerbacks aren't good. But Sherman's lost a step. He is definitely older. Their cornerbacks and their D-backs are not all top-tier guys. These True. are not a bunch of shut-down corners. True. They win, and they hold offenses to lower scoring by shutting down the run and by getting to the quarterback. Well, you have a team that barely runs – 
True. Very and true. you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who is extremely hard to get a handle on. He's movable. He's su- he's such a he's such a movable quarterback. Like he can go left, he could go right, and still able to throw and hit his target in the most awkward of manners. Exactly. So you have literally an X factor who could undo most of what the San Francisco 49ers defense does very well. So we could literally end up with a score fest here. Um, I, I, I don't, I personally don't think it's going to be a total, you know, just gunning, throw it around fest. Um, again, Garoppolo has the skills. They have solid wide receivers, man, Pettis and uh, Sanders and, I mean, 49 Kittles and their, uh, their fullback, Janice Stick or whatever his name. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- these guys can all catch, can all get out of the backfield and can all move. Um, so can their running backs. So and, you know, and, you, know, and you know Kittle's going to be the, the target. You know Kittle's huh? going to be the target. Kittle's always going to be the target on this. Kittles and Sanders. It's Sanders, right? Or is it Samuel? It's Samuel, I believe. Samuel. Um, those two guys absolutely have to be the targets. They can both light it up. But when you have a third and fourth and fifth options like they do, um, that's pretty impressive. They don't have to run it for 200, 300 yards. They have the ability to. So, again, I don't know which, one this, which way this, this is going to go. If I, if I had to make a pick, and it could be, I mean, so far off this year, I feel so unconfident about making any pick because it is so close. The styles are so contrasting, and their strengths play against the weaknesses of the other team so well. Um, this is going to be an exciting Super Bowl. I'm really, really looking forward to later today. Um, if I had to give a pick, I'd probably say, oh, 31-27 Kansas City. Ooh, you're picking Kansas City. I like that. And it's ironic because the thing is that, like, Kansas City is the rivals of the Packers, but I'm going with the team that beat my team. I'm, see, I'm going against the team that beat my team. So that's I why I always go with the, other, with the other one, and I always cheer when they win, too. But um, honestly, like I said, you know, Man after my own heart, you know, you, you, you pick the team that I pick simply because of the factors that are involved in this right now. I mean, like you said, it's going to be a score fest. It's going to be, I'm almost hoping, I'm almost hoping that we get to see the very first OT in Super Bowl. Like, I think it's in Super Bowl history. Never, there's never been overtime in Super Bowl. At least I don't, I'm not really, I don't, really don't think there has been. Maybe, yeah, I don't think there has been. I'm having trouble remembering. The only one that I would almost question was the Bills Giants Super Bowl, the famous wide right. Um, but I think that was at the end of the game, not the first overtime. Yeah, but I'm I remember, not sure. I remember that. hearing. I remember hearing a couple of Super Bowls ago when there was another close game. I don't remember which one it was, but there was a close game, and they thought they were going to go into overtime. The announcers are like, "This will would be the first." overtime in Super Bowl history. Then, yeah, you're probably right on that one. That yeah, would be so really awesome it, to it see. Would be great. I, think, I think with these matchups being as close as it is, it's, like I said, I don't see this being a blowout on either side. I highly doubt we're going to see more than a 7 to 10 point differential at any time during the game. Um, this could be a really, really exciting one. 
Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to the halftime show. Shakira and J Lo. I'm sure they're gonna be doing an amazing halftime show. You're um, such a girl. Yes, I am. Um, but you know they're hot, so you know sue me. Um, <laughs> I'm also looking forward to the Super Bowl commercials. I always love those. Those are always a lot. Always of fun. one of my favorite parts. I look forward to it every year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, who's gonna who's gonna make me laugh this year? It's yeah, exactly. And what new innovations are going to be out too? Because you know they're always technological innovations that are premiered. You know, we well, all remember the Macintosh premiere <laughs> so many years ago, but. The uh, there is rumors that we may see the new generation Xbox and PlayStation, you know, intro commercials and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a lot of fun things. Well, it's supposed uh, to come out. Well, both both game consoles are actually supposed to come out at the end of this year during the holiday season. Duh. Of course, <laughs> of course, you know they're gonna do a bed. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And also, I'm even looking forward to after the Super Bowl, which is NFL draft. I mean, there's a lot of great college players that are on the block and ready to be drafted to a lot of these teams. I mean, I'm excited for that as well. I love it. And it is great to hear that Cincinnati, who has had some of the most cursed luck in the entire NFL, might actually be thinking correctly this year. Um, there was a great article about how all these different GMs are talking about moving up in the draft so that they can grab Burroughs from LSU. Mm -hmm. And the GM for Cincinnati came out the very next day and said, um, I'm pretty sure we have the first pick and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so you can all stop your speculating and you can all go off is basically what he was saying because there was like five different gms talking yeah. about it like it's fact that they're gonna trade up and do this and cincinnati guy was like uh does anybody remember we have the pick yeah right and, um, <laughs> we need a quarterback so yeah. pretty sure we're not going anywhere yeah. so unless somebody gives them a you know ricky williams type insane ridiculous deal you Which know they trade six or seven freaking first and second round draft picks for him then in Cincinnati would be stupid not to take it but it was it was I it just gives me hope because I'm not a Bengals fan I have no reason to but be you feel sorry for him like pretty much everybody else feel sorry for him like everybody else um but also being and again get your hat off being an SC fan Carson Palmer goes to the Cincinnati Bengals yeah sits behind, uh, I believe it was Dilfer for a year or two, just learning, growing, doing his thing. They give him the start. Freaking rookie season leads them to the playoffs in the first time in how many years? Third play of the game, dirty Pittsburgh lineman rolls up on his knee, tears his knees out. Carson, still a great quarterback, is never the same after the third game or third play of the playoffs. This team has been cursed by bad decision-making, yeah. by bad leadership, by bad... bad so it's just very cool to see that perhaps they actually have their head removed from their ass and they might use this pick for something that could move that franchise forwards. Burroughs would be a lot of fun in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, well, we also, have, we also have another team that just recently lost their quarterback to retirement, which is the Giants. You know, I mean, they're, they're in need of a quarterback 
again. I mean, even though no, they're I mean, not. Well, I mean, the the QB that they have right now. Uh... Dude, get off your fantasy high horse from last year. Daniel Jones <laughs> is going to be solid, dude. Trust me. Daniel Jones is going to be solid. You got to remember, they do not have much talent around him. True. The receiving core is well, relatively. The same could be said for Peyton when he was the QB that they didn't have much talent around him. But yeah, mean Eli. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eli. Yeah, I'm sorry, Eli. Um, the same could be say about said about Eli. And you know, it's one of those things that he even with the the talentless people that he had, they still benched him because they were blaming it on him. Here's the thing, though. I don't think. I think that was media, you know, that them playing it in the media, you know, that it's, he's not doing well enough. We have to bench him. I really don't think that was it. He's old. His stats have been declining rapidly for the last few years. I mean, really rapidly. It just doesn't his seem health, like he has the hunger for it. Like it No, and his like health is breaking it. down. Mm. So you have a very solid, very exciting young quarterback who's going to need some seasoning. I thought it was the right time to make the move during this season. Eli saw the writing on the wall. He retired. Let Jones take it over. I really like this kid. I do. If they get him some protection and they get a couple of people who can, you know, spread the field for him, he's got a, you know, Hall of Fame running back you know, given he's only in his second year, but True. Barkley, if he keeps it up and stays healthy, is going to be a beast. All they got to do is give him a little help. If you remember, during the years when Eli won his Super Bowls, they had great defenses. They had great offensive lines. They had the materials around him. They did not win those Super Bowls on the back of Eli Manning. True. Um, I mean, he was a good i'm not criticizing him at all but he didn't carry those teams um, even though he even though even though he did win uh super bowl mvp both times oh absolutely when, when he, he was he was absolutely critical to it he made great plays but again the defense got there when they needed tom coughlin's schemes shut down Tom Brady and Belichick's schemes. As I've told you before, Tom Coughlin's the only human being I've ever seen who had a permanent space in Belichick and Brady's head. He just rented it out. He's the only guy who could dominate them on a regular basis. Yep, I and, we talked about this. You know, that's what it was. It was great. I think Jones will be fine. I think he's going to be an exciting young quarterback. I mean, is he a, a franchise saver? Probably not. Is he going to be absolutely serviceable and have the ability to carry him into the playoffs if they give him some good people around him? I th think so. Well, we'll find out next season, but, you know, that's the future. We're in the present. Super Bowl is just hours away. I'm excited about this. And, man, what, what, so what are you going to do for, this, for Super Bowl Sunday? What are you doing? <laughs> Actually, just going to be spending it with my family. Uh, well, I'm really like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that uh, you're going to be spending time with family. And, uh, dude, I, me, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. I'm probably going to be, you know, heading over to a barbecue somewhere. Who knows where? So, uh, well, I'll be uh, figuring that out here very shortly as soon as, uh, you know, I inform the masses <laughs> of what's going on in the world of, of the Xander effect. Jerry Miller, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect once again. And you know what? I will be, you know, hitting you back up again when the draft starts. Because that's absolutely we got to talk about the future of the NFL 
And hey, it's also it's also basketball season, and you know we we suffered a really great loss uh, this past week uh, with Kobe Bryant. But um, we must, you know, in his honor, we must continue on, keep on playing, keep on watching, keep on supporting these players of the NBA. But for today, it is football day. It is Super Bowl day, and man, I'm excited for this game coming up. Thanks again. Jeremy Miller for being on the Xander Effect, and we'll see you very soon. Later, brother. Later. Thanks so much, Jeremy, for being on the Xander Effect. Man, I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl coming up, and I'm looking forward to the draft right after that because it's going to be another heck of an NFL season. In other sports news, Antonio Brown is still trying to get back into the NFL and man he's he's reaching he is so reaching he went on uh on a on a he was in an interview with ESPN's Josina Anderson and basically he's still trying to apologize to the league and trying to get himself back into the sport that you know according to him he loves so he was he was he was uh, interviewed by her, and he said, "I think I owe the NFL an apology and my and my past behavior. I think I could have done a lot of things better." The word you're looking for is "duh." <laughs> I mean, come on, Brown. Seriously, you've been you've been trying to apologize and apologize and apologize. Man, it's falling on deaf ears right now, dude. Like seriously. There is no apology in this world that can excuse your behavior. Remember the laundry list of issues that you had in three different teams. I mean, come on. And then you have an opportunity to be a part of an incredible elite team such as the Patriots, and you screw that up too. Dude, you're done. Just let it go. Go somewhere. I'll do some other kind of uh, some other kind of activity, some other kind of sport, because I highly, highly doubt that the league is going to forgive all these things. And even if they do, let's put it this way. Even if they do decide to forgive all your past transgressions, these other teams are not going to forget what you did. Every single coach, every single player is going to be walking on eggshells if you decide to come into any one of their teams. Imagine that. Imagine what kind of what kind of atmosphere that's going to create in any locker room. Every single player is not going to, is going to be very cautious on saying anything for fear that you might rat them out or or are recording anything that they're saying. Same thing goes for the coaches. Do you seriously want to be a part of that type of environment? Think about it. You've already burned so many bridges. It's not even funny. How many, that bridge, you can't even put a foundation to rebuild a new bridge on how many bridges you've burned in the past, Brown. My opinion, go find something else, man, because this this sport is just, it, 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 it was meant for you for a brief moment. You screwed it up. Guess what? Time to move on, man. It is what it is. In video game news. Do you guys remember Atari? Because I kind of sort of do. <laughs> um, the Atari brand has decided to, by the, by the looks of it, leave the gaming world, which, quite frankly, they haven't been in it since the 80s or 70s or 80s or so, and decided to go. they decided to go into the hotel business. They, uh, the uh, Atari company has announced that they will be building eight 
video game themed resorts in eight U.S. cities, starting with Phoenix. Uh, and they're also going to be uh, the, the development and design portion of these hotels are going to be led by Shelley Murphy's GSD group and Napoleon Smith III, who was the producer of teenage of both the reboots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Both of them are going to be in charge of development and design. Now, the the real estate developer, the first, the first, they're breaking ground on the first hotel, the first resort in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's going to be led by the real by the real estate development company called True North Studio. Um, they're actually from Phoenix, so they're going to be developing this new resort. My question is. What kind of design are they going to do? Are they going to have like old Atari games or, or maybe one of those tables, you know, where you could play like where, where you go to like these uh, these retro type of bars or something like that. And you get to play. I actually did that once in Hollywood. There's a little small dive bar in Hollywood where they have those table uh, arcade games that you know you get to watch. They're on the table. It's pretty cool. Um, but I'm wondering if they're going to have that old Atari games. This should be interesting to see and. What theme are they going to use exactly? What kind of theme are they going to use for these resorts? I'm looking, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what exactly they're going to build. So far, they're in talks of Phoenix being one of the cities and Las Vegas being another one. Now, the Las Vegas one should be really cool because it's the city of lights. So obviously, they're going to make this stupendous. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what, I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. So I'm actually excited about that. In other video game news, Apex Legends season four is coming and it's the, it's season four assimilation and it's got new characters, uh, Forge, uh, the, the new character is called Forge and he's a, he's an ex MMA fighter who's sponsored by Hammond Robotics. So he's going to be a big character, going to be awesome to play with. There's a new weapon called the Assimilations Sentinel Sniper Rifle that's focused on charging uh, on a charging mechanic. And get this, it charges itself. So you don't even have to go ahead and wait for it to charge. It just charges all on its own so you can pick off all your opponents during matchups. Another uh, another feature that this new uh, DLC is coming with is two maps. Kings Canyon returns. But in order to get into Kings Canyon, you have to play. Um, you can play it on it. You can play on it. You, uh, uh, because after you finish one rank mode, they're actually splitting the rank modes. So you have to play the the world's edge. You have to start off playing world's edge, uh, the the first that first rank mode, and then you go into King's Canyon after you you be you you rank up uh, from world's edge. So that's another that's another really cool uh, aspect of. Apex Legend that they're going to be bringing into for this new DLC. So guys, be ready because it's going to be an awesome DLC for all you Apex Legend fans. That's it for the Xander Effect. Thank you so much for watching this Super Bowl special. Super Bowl is just in a few hours, guys. I'm stoked. I'm excited about this. Man, it's going to be a good game. Sucks my Packers couldn't make it, but you know what? There's always next season. We almost got it this season. I, again, Again, as I said on uh, the interview with Jeremy, I'm going for Kansas City. Chiefs, don't let me down. Mahomes, don't let me down. And speaking of Kansas City, I leave you now with 
Dirty Machine, whose lead singer, uh, uh, Dirty Davo, is actually a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. He has the, <laughs> he has the champ stamp uh, tattooed on his back of Patrick Mahomes, which I featured in an earlier episode. Talked about that. He was on Jimmy Kimmel. His band, Dirty Machine, has a brand new video called Party in the USA. And you know what? It is a party in the USA because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks again for watching the Xander Effect. And I will see you next time. Not interested. Um, why? Just, you know, this town fucking hates you. People want you dead. I want you dead. We know. And I can't keep coming here. With, with nothing to show. You guys got nothing to show me. So if you're going to do this, just, just don't let me down again. All right, man. Let's do it for Miley. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame excess oh. Am I gonna fit in? What? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so famous My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kinda homesick Too much pressure when I'm nervous That's when the taxi man turned on the radio And the Jay-Z song was on And the Jay-Z song was on and the Jay-Z song was on So I put my hands up and play in my song And the butterflies fly away Not in my head like yeah Oh, in my hips like yeah Got my hands up and play in my song You're gonna be okay Xander Effect is powered by 
5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard and in association with Art 19 Media. Hi guys, thanks a lot for watching this episode of The Xander Effect. Now, if you like this video or any of my other videos, here's a couple right here. See, right here, right here. Go ahead and click on those to view some of my past videos and make sure to subscribe because it's awesome. See you next time on The Xander Effect. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram.